Hey, welcome to Evangel Church Online, a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, receive his love, and look more and more like him each day. And today, we are in a series called The Church, and we're going to talk about why we gather around the Word of God. Hey guys, my name is Lucas. I'm one of the pastors here at Evangel Church. And welcome. We're so glad that you're with us online. Um, let me ask you a question. When you think of the gathered church, when you think of the local church, maybe a church in your community or wherever you may be, what do you think of? What are some of the elements that you kind of consider when it comes to the church, the gathering of the church? Uh, maybe you think of music. Maybe you think of worship. Maybe you think of prayer. Uh, maybe you think of some of the sacraments like water baptism or uh, communion, the Eucharist. Part of our gathering involves this thing called the preaching of God's word or the homily or the reflection or however your tradition may speak of it. We, we, we have these moments in our gathering where we gather around the word of God, where we open the scriptures and we take a look and we take a journey together. Um, can anybody, those of you that are associated to Evangel Church in particular, do you know what our number one value is here at Evangel Church? Our number one value is engaging biblical truth will change your life. Engaging biblical truth will change your life. In fact, this belief is so ingrained in what we do and, and what we pursue that just about every gathering that we have revolves around the word of God, whether it's a Sunday morning, whether it's a community group, whether it's uh, even moments of coming together as teams um, and training and all of those things. Our grow track, our membership class, like all of it is like around the word of God. The word of God influences, it's a parameter, it's a framework in which we kind of do everything from. Now we gather each Sunday and we have moments where we worship and song and, and then we begin to explore the word of God together, what we would call the sermon. So why is this? Why, why do we gather around the word? And that's what we want to explore today. Why is our number one value here at Evangel Church this idea that engaging biblical truth will change your life? Now, Evangel Church is a part of a fellowship of churches that is nationwide. It's called the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, or, or PAOC for short, P-A-O-C. And so we are a part of a larger kind of body, a larger movement, if you will. And we have this central document called the SOET, our statements of essential truths, our statement of essential truths. And this is what it says about the Bible in that, in that so it, in that statement of essential truths. It says this, the Bible, the Bible, both Old and New Testaments, is the written revelation of God's character and saving purposes for humanity and for all creation. As God's revelation, the entire Bible is true and trustworthy and is the final and absolute authority for belief and conduct. The Holy Spirit who inspired the Bible enables its interpretation and application. So in other words, do you want to understand who God is? He's revealed in the scriptures. Do you want to find purpose in this life? It's revealed in the scriptures as the creator has given us the framework for living. Do you want to maximize fulfillment? It's revealed in the scriptures. Do you, do you want to find salvation? 
the entirety of scripture, that is the major theme, is the salvation of humanity through Christ Jesus. And so today we want to explore this key part of the gathering of the ecclesia of the church around the word, around preaching, around the sermon, around teaching, around gathering around the word is our framework for our community of faith. Now, keep in mind, we are not going to be talking about personal uh, faith journey. We're, we're, we're going to be talking very specifically about the context of the church, okay? Not the context of your home and your Monday through, you know, really the church, the gathering around the word in the church is only supposed to be supplemental to what you're already doing, where you're opening scripture and taking a journey for yourself in scripture and and reading it and studying it, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide your life. That's the main thing. That's the main meal. That's how you grow. That's discipleship. But what we're talking now is very specifically about the context of the church. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, the word says that you are the one who guides us in truth, that you are the one that gives us revelation of what is true in this world. So Holy Spirit, would you, as we take this time, give us a revelation of what is true? Would you take us on a journey of discovering just how powerful the Word of God is, the Scriptures? Lord, as you revealed and gave revelation to the writers of the Scriptures, Lord, we believe that you also give revelation and the ability to interpret and walk out and live out these Scriptures today in our own lives. So we pray that you be with us on this journey. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, last week, I made a very definitive statement. I said that there is no new revelation for the church apart from what has already been revealed to us through the Holy Scriptures. Okay? There is no new revelation for the church apart from what has already been revealed to us through the Old Testament, through the, the words and the, and, and the works of Jesus, and the teachings of the apostles. Now, I believe that emphatically. Now, what I did not say was that there isn't room for kind of fresh revelation for the church today. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit through the prophetic can speak to the church. But it's always simply timely reminders of eternal truths and principles that have already been revealed. It's always within the context of Scripture. Does that make sense? In fact, the preaching of God's Word can often be that prophetic voice for our generation. But even with all of that, the belief, the, the preeminence of Scripture is what makes preaching and teaching God's Word such a central component because it is the truth. It is what we see as the truth revealed to us by God through the Holy Spirit. So let's look to Scripture and begin to create a framework for the gathering of the church, okay, this is the context, the gathering of the church around the Word of God. Probably the richest part of the New Testament where we see uh, instruction around preaching and teaching and the Word is, is found in Paul's letters to Timothy. Um, first and second Timothy are, are personal letters sent from Paul to Timothy, his, his spiritual son. He is his mentor, if you will, which begs the question, who, who is Timothy? Well, in 1 Timothy 4, 14 to 16, we read these words from Paul to Timothy. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. 
Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So what is this gift that we're speaking of? Timothy, Timothy is a young man who is called by God to serve the church in Ephesus as their pastor. Okay, Paul uses terms throughout scripture like overseer or, or elder or shepherd. And it's talking about this kind of pastoral mantle of leading and serving the local church. And this, this calling upon Timothy was confirmed by Paul himself, as well as the elders of the laying on of hands, a confirmation of the gift that God had given him and was raising him up to walk in this service to the local church in Ephesus. However, it also comes with this mandate to keep close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Earlier, Paul writes to Timothy in Timothy, 1 Timothy 1, 3-4, As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. Now, I want to say this. We, are, we, we all of us are going to be held accountable for our lives and our beliefs and for the instruction that we gave others. We, we walk in a grace to proclaim truth to this world. We, all of us. All of us have a semblance of responsibility to give an account of what God has done in our lives, to encourage, to edify, to teach, uh, to preach the truth. All of us carry that mantle, this, this idea of the priesthood of all believers. However, as you read the New Testament, you see that when it comes to the local church, when it comes to the, the ecclesia, the assembly of the called out ones in a particular place, there are those who are held more responsible than others. In fact, James, in James 3.1 says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. There, there are those who, who have a mandate to protect against false teaching and, and needless kind of lifeless spiritual debates that distract from the main things. Uh, those that are called to be stewards of the word when it comes to the gathered church. In fact, there's a real sense of organization and stewardship around this. And, and there's, a, there's a responsibility that's given. And there's those that will be judged more strictly because they've been giving this, this mantle, this responsibility, this mandate. So this is kind of the mandate that was given to Timothy by Paul. To be an under-shepherd. To pastor the church in Ephesus, to protect from false teaching, to encourage, to both study the scriptures and teach the scriptures. Uh, Paul writes this to the church in which Timothy is pastoring. Uh, he, he writes this to the Ephesians. In Ephesians uh, 4, 11 to 16, he says this, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, or pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, 
to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the holy body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, making the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Paul is talking about the church here. Now it's so key to note that Timothy did not shepherd the church in Ephesus with complete autonomy. He still answered to the Apostle Paul. He, he was still under the authority of the decisions made by the Jerusalem Council. Uh, we talked about that a little bit last week. And ultimately, of course, he was answerable to God. Here, here's, a little, here's a little caveat and a warning. Any man or woman who steps into the stewardship of the Word of God in a local church that is not answerable to anyone is at best unwise and at worst is a leader who will eventually use the word as a self-serving tool. So why do I bring this up? Why, why do we paint this picture when it comes to the gathering of the church around the word? When it comes to the ecclesia, to the local church, the New Testament speaks of people who are called to walk in a particular grace, to serve the capital C church and the local church. And this is about rightly handling the word of truth. There are individuals that God calls to serve the church in protecting and guiding, shepherding the church while keeping the main things the main things. Now with that said, though these roles exist in the church, Paul paints this picture. Now, now let's, let's go through these really quickly. Paints a picture of a small A, okay, I want to just take notes, <laughs> a small A apostle, okay? We're not talking about the apostles. We're not talking about the revelation giving to the apostles. That is done and done with. We're talking about small A apostles. So think missionaries, think church planners, think people who start ministries within the context of church and parachurch. Prophets, uh, those who discern the times, help guide the church into timely truths for the time and the moments that we are in. Evangelists, those, those with a grace that is marked by kind of the sharing of Jesus to the community around them. Pastors, shepherds, protectors, gatekeepers. And then finally, teachers, those who understand deeply and can com communicate eternal truths with simplicity. We, we need to remember that these, all of these are callings. It doesn't necessarily mean it's about gifting, although oftentimes that's the way it seems. But it doesn't necessarily mean that. Yes, there's a grace. There's a grace given to the call. We know that God equips those he calls. But God also likes to use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Can I just say this, just on a personal note? I am yet to pastor in a church where I am the most qualified person to teach the word of God. That's just, that's just a fact. That's just a reality. There are very few rooms that I walk into where I am the smartest person in the room. I mean, even my teenage kids know it all. That was a, that was a joke. 
But there are people, there are people in this church that, that I pastor right now, there are people here that are more qualified and understand the scriptures deeper than I do and, and have an ability to even teach and lead people in discipleship in a deeper measure than I do. Now, I'm not speaking of Pastor Marcus or, or Lisa. Uh, they're part of the reason that I very rarely walk into rooms where I'm the smartest in the room. Yet, yet for whatever reason, God called me to pastor the local church. And I have had respected people in my life affirm that call and lay hands on me and pray that calling over my life to serve the local church in this capacity. In fact, when we came here to Powell River, I, I, we did something called preaching the call. Uh, this is something that we do within our tradition. And it's, it's kind of the last act of the progression of electing a new pastor in, in church. And so we went through interviews. We had a, a pastoral search committee uh, that we went through interviews with and got to know. And then we did meetings with the board that existed at that moment in time. Then we had like a social dessert night where the church could come and ask questions and get to know us. And then finally, the last part of that progression was um, I got up in a, in a pulpit here at Evangel and I preached the word. And then after that, there was a meeting of the membership and they vote um, yay or nay on it is, you know, it seems good with us and the spirit that this is the, the right people for the next season of our church. So this is a pastor's responsibility is to shepherd and care for the flock, to protect against false teaching, to equip the church for the work of the ministry. And it's a, it's a, it's a heavy responsibility to, to facilitate a context of community where we can rightly handle the word of truth together. So that kind of creates an element of the organizational framework that the New Testament gives us, particularly around the gathered church around the word, okay? Again, this is very specific context we're talking about. Now, what I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying, okay? So what I do not mean is that it's only pastors or teachers that can preach or teach the word. That is not what I'm saying. It simply means your pastor, your overseer, your elder are responsible for what is preached and taught through the ministries of your church. They're responsible. At the end of the day, the buck stops with them. They will be held responsible by God. And so there is, this, there is this framework that is created for the New Testament church. Um, Sunday morning is not the only context, by the way, where we see us gathering around the word of God. You know, here at, at Evangel, pre-COVID, we had uh, 12 community groups that gathered throughout the week and most of them did not have a pastor present at the at that group and yet they were gathered and teaching and learning around the word of god they were, they were led by lay people with gifts of hospitality or a gift of teaching or maybe a, a gift of gathering people and yes even those with the shepherding gift those that care for people now with that said uh we are launching uh, community groups are fresh and anew here at Evangel. And so actually, uh, on release, the day of release, our in-person service, uh, we are going to be uh, talking about this and releasing and, and seeing those that are interested in jumping in and being part of a community group 
and smaller gatherings, coming around the word, coming around prayer, loving one another. Uh, we are so excited for that. But this is what the responsibility is to see that, not that they preach and teach everything, but rather that what is being preached and taught within the expression of that local church, they are responsible for. So let's switch gears for a moment. We're just creating a context here. There's a danger that arises when we prop up the preaching and teaching of the Word of God in the church as the end game. And this can often happen, especially today, because we're such a, we are such a outsourcing, uh, commercialistic, uh, we want to be entertained, uh, we want to feel good, all of those things. And so there, there's this temptation today that the gathering of the church around the word becomes, it's all about the word. And, and here's the deal, that, that is such a, a limited view and a limited understanding of what's going on. Here at, at Evangel, we say this all the time. We are all active participants in the preaching of God's word. So what do we mean by that? We are all active participants in the preaching of God's word. Uh, Paul continues as he writes to Tim Timothy in 2 Timothy 4. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. We're going to dig into what those words mean. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itch, itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. This sounds kind of harsh, uh, right? Preach the word, be ready. And then he uses these words, reprove, which means to convict, to convict. Rebuke, which means to refute false teaching, to come against myths and, 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 and falsities and align around what is true. And then finally, exhort, which means to encourage or urge people. Then, following these words, we see kind of the spirit in which it's supposed to happen. With patience and teaching. With patience and teaching. And then Paul goes on to explain why this is so important. Because a time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. What, what an, an interesting choice of words here by Paul. Do, 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 you notice, do you notice this? He says, endure sound teaching. Now, this says something about the nature of truth. To, to walk in the ways of God requires us to die to ourselves. That is, that is the message of the gospel. You know, the good news of the gospel is there is a way for us to be saved and reunited in relationship with our Creator. But the hard news of the gospel is it's a narrow way that requires us to pick up our cross daily and to follow Him. It's this idea of dying to ourselves, dying to our natural inclinations. And I don't know about you, but I would venture to, to say that we live in those kind of days. 
Those days where we can gather teachers from like all over the world, we can go online and find people that are saying and teaching the word in a way that excuses us from having to change. We can find teachers that, that'll take our sin the way that we sin in particular and make it not a big deal and, 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 and twist and pervert and change the, what, what scripture says about dying to yourself. We can find that and people do. And there's a reason that we gather around the word in community because we need to be reminded that we are not alone in this journey of walking out the narrow way, the hard way, the dying to yourself and picking up your cross daily way. And we need one another for encouragement. We need one another to remain strong and courageous. So Jesus is our foundation. We talked about that last week. Jesus is the foundation, the cornerstone of the church. But the word of God, gathering around the word, is a structure that holds the building together, that gives shape and form to the body of Christ. And so we all become active participants in the preaching of God's word. Gathering in community around the word as it guides us, encourages us, convicts us, and convinces us of a better way. And so friends, I hope that you take a moment to consider the gathered church and the power of the word. I, I, I hope that you take a moment to consider those that God has given to serve the church those of you that are watching that aren't a part of Evangel, you're part of other churches, go to your pastor and thank them for carrying the burden of wanting to walk in truth no matter what, no matter how hard it may be. And sometimes, friends, they're the first to have to deal with the fallout of preaching truth. Encourage them, lift them up, pray for your pastor. And then beyond that, Understand that we, we gather around the word because it reproves, it convicts us, it rebukes us. It rebukes some of the false things and false kind of mindsets and worldviews that we've adopted. And it kind of brings us into alignment with the way God has created the world to work. And then finally, it, it exhorts us, it encourages us, it urges us on to live differently, to pursue with a different mandate, with a different perspective. And then finally, the Holy Spirit in all of that is active, working with us to convince us of the truth and to empower us to live it out in this world. So let's pray, friends. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for seeing uh, the need to inspire and to give revelation to different people over a course of thousands of years to give us this thing we call this library, this Bible, the scriptures. Thank you, Lord, for not leaving us high and dry, but for giving us this insight into how to walk out this faith that you have given us. Lord, we understand it is a narrow way. We understand that we are, are walking in times when people would prefer to hear other things, easier things, things that stroke their ego or stroke their, their way of life or what they wanna pursue, Lord. But we see, Lord, that we have to come in alignment Lord, you don't come in alignment with us. We come into alignment with you. So help us to do that in community, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining us. I hope this has been encouragement to you. And God bless. Have a great week.